Welcome to the Encourageous Podcast. My name is Angel Clark, and I'll be your host. Everyone goes through difficult things in life, but it takes a special type of person to use their pain to help others. That's exactly the kind of people you're going to hear from here on Encourageous. Each episode will tell the story of someone who not only survived their struggle, but is thriving. Join us for vulnerable, firsthand testimonies that will inspire you to press on. Get ready to be encouraged. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning into the Encourageous podcast. Um, I just want to say thank you to all who have listened and supported and liked the posts on Facebook and all the fun stuff. I appreciate that so much. Um, Something that really helps little podcasts, especially ones like mine, um, is if you rate it. So if you have Apple, all you have to do is click the number of stars, hopefully five, um, but you don't have to even write anything. You can write something if you want. And then on Spotify, you just follow. Um, So it's pretty simple. So if you wouldn't mind just taking a quick moment to do that, that would mean the world to me. Um, Okay, so enough of that. Let's jump right into our topic today. So I have here with me an awesome woman who actually lives in another country. So I'm very excited to do this interview because she just so happens to be in town. And so I could not pass up the opportunity to (laughs) see her beautiful face and speak to her. So I have with me Jordine. So if you want to just tell the people a little bit about yourself, Jordine. Hello. (laughs) It's good to be here. Um, I'm Jordine and um, I'm 35 years old. I'm a mum to four. I'm married. I live in England um, and I am a children's and youth worker for my church, which is quite new because I was in the police for 11 years. Mm. So, um, but yeah, I've been in the job um, that I'm in now for like a year and a half. So finally starting to settle into the role in ministry. Yep. And I feel like there has to be like what a weird transition that must have been, you know, from police yeah. officer to church worker. I realised, I didn't realise how institutionalised mm. I'd become yeah. um, working for the police until yep. I changed. And then going into ministry and my leaders have got, they gave me like just free reign to do mm. whatever I wanted to do with yep. the, the children's ministry. And, and having so much freedom was really scary yeah. when you're so used to somebody yep. telling you exactly what you need to do, exactly yep. when you need to do it. Um, so yeah, that's taken some adjusting and yeah. organising my own timetable mm. and stuff like that. It's yep. um, all of those skills I'm learning. I'm figuring out that I didn't actually have very good skills in that oh. area of time management <laughs> because I was just always told where to be and yep. what to do. So um, yeah, I'm um, God's getting me there. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a struggle, but God's getting me there. Yep. Well, there's a, a scripture. I think it's in Philippians. It says like, "He who started a good work in me will carry through to completion." Yes. So. We're all a work in progress. Amen you know? to that. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're actually going to be discussing something that I think, and you agree as well, mm-hmm. um, is very important, which is mental health. Um, in your case, I know you'd mentioned that you did struggle a little bit with anxiety, but more specifically, your struggle was with depression. So yeah. if you kind of want to just shed some light for us and tell us your your story of maybe when you first started struggling with depression or how that came about. Mm, okay. Um, so I would say I first started struggling with depression when I was um, around 15, mm. 16 years old. It was probably, you know, it started off as I've hormones, I think, very mm. intense. I think I, I suffered with um, hormones in that way where yeah. I had like really severe mood swings mm. and very highs, very lows. Yep. And um, then when I was um, 16, 
I kind of, after being brought up in a Christian home and going to church every week and, um, you know, yeah, my mum being sort of really religious and we went to Catholic church, um, I kind of dropped all that and went off the rails. Mm. And I turned 16, um, I was dating an older guy and I got pregnant and I actually was quite happy about that because all I'd ever wanted was mm. to just leave school and be a mum and just yep. like start my own family yeah so and, and naively at that age you just feel so grown up don't you you yes. don't realize 16 you're still a baby oh, you're still yeah. a child so um I got pregnant and then um I lost that baby oh. it was a miss um miss miscarriage and that just kind of really um that just really knocked me I think mm. because a lot of understandably a lot of my family hadn't been too happy that I was pregnant in the first yeah. place um, and I kind of had it in my head that they were happy that this baby had oh. died because you know they didn't want it to happen in the first yep. place so I kind of felt like I couldn't grieve for mm. the baby openly with them because yeah. I I don't really know I haven't spoken to them about it I don't think they did feel happy you know but I think yeah. there may be a bit of relief but in a little some bit ways. yeah yeah um, but yeah, I just um, bottled a lot of that up, and you know, I was still a baby dealing with losing a baby, yeah. and I didn't handle that very well, and um, so got into kind of like trying to escape through um, using drugs and just drinking alcohol, hanging out with the wrong people, um, and then that I got severely depressed. I was mm. sixteen. Um, I just felt so isolated, just so alone, and just so. Um, yeah just at rock bottom really and so it was then at age 16 that um I attempted to take my life my own life I took an overdose oh and um I ended up being taken to hospital and um yeah I was kept in there for a little while had to see like psychiatrists and stuff but mm. ended up discharging myself because I just was scared I think oh, I didn't yeah. want to go so I just walked out there um and then the next time I kind of suppose after that I split up with the guy I was with I moved back with my mum and my mum kind of helped me to get back on my feet mm -hmm. and um then the next time I went through depression was on and off sort of over the years I think when I was um, pregnant with my first child and after she was born as well there was a little bit of postnatal mm. depression there nothing too serious but yeah. just kind of it was there always in the background always lingering like a cloud you know mm -hmm. over me and um, then the next severe episode was after I had my second child and I had moved to a new area where I didn't know anybody. I'd been working full time, so I hadn't really had a chance to make friends. And then all of a sudden you find yourself on maternity leave mm. in a new area with no friends. My family weren't around mm. um, and it was, I felt really isolated. And so I did sink into like a deep postnatal depression then. Mm. And, um, but it was through that episode that I actually got saved oh, okay. um, because my sister my little sister she had um, recently um, been saved and she was saying to me you know why don't you join a mother and toddler group get yourself out of the house a lot of churches run the groups and yep. I kind of thought oh she's just trying to get me to go yes. to church <laughs> I see what and, you're doing here. yeah exactly <laughs> so I wasn't having any of it and um, but what she actually did, she didn't give up. She she phoned around churches in my area where I lived, and she um, found the phone number to a church that was similar to one that she was going to, and they ran a toddler group. Mm -hmm. So she said, um, you know, r ring this number, just speak to them about going to the toddler group. And I put it on the side, and I didn't mm. really, I just left it for like about two weeks because yep. I wasn't really interested in going to anything church related. Yeah. And then I had a really vivid dream one night where I was standing outside the front of a church and I just knew it related to this mm. phone number and I yep. knew that I needed to call it. 
So I woke up the next day and I was quite rude and blunt. <laughs> and, I phoned, and it was actually the pastor of our church that answered the phone, our, our church leader called Rob. And um, I said, listen, I don't know how I feel about all this Jesus stuff, okay? I just want to come and meet some people. <laughs> And bless it, he was so gracious, and he was like, "Yeah, that's fine. You know, we'd love to have you just come and meet some of the other mums." So I went along, met some other mums that were similar age to me, um, and they were Christians, and they Mm. went to the church. And I just assumed that it was because they were brought up that way, and their family had gone to the church. And then as I got to know them better, I realised that actually neither of these girls had come from Christian families they would oh. like just chosen to become Christians mm. for themselves and I was like okay so like why why would you even do that like why would you give up a lay-in on a Sunday to, mm. to go to church yep and um so they would uh, I would ask them endless questions and they would answer my questions and then one day they said um why don't you come why don't you come to church and I put it off and put it off then finally walked through the door and I just remember there was um, the words to the worship song on on the wall, mm-hmm. and um, it was uh, the one I think about, like "He calls me friend" or something oh, like yeah. that. And it just literally like struck to my heart, and mm. I just started sobbing. And yep. I was just, it presented to me a completely different God who that I'd been brought up be- believing in. Mm. Like I just thought that he was some angry God yep. with a whipping stick that yep. wanted to punish me because mm-hmm. I was like some bad sinner. Um, whereas actually this was now being presented to me as a loving father who wanted to reach out and embrace mm. me and call me a friend. Yep. Um, and so I was like, hang on, like this is completely different to what I thought. Maybe yeah. I need to relook at this as an adult. Right, take a deeper look, yep. Yeah, so I did um, a course that our church runs called Christianity Explored, which is a bit like, I don't know if you've heard of Alpha, I don't know if they run Alpha mm-hmm. here. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure, but um, back at home there's a, a really big course called Alpha. Okay. And it's basically for non-Christians that want to find out more without the you know being preached at and forced yeah. to commit. It's a safe kind of okay. place to ask questions. and um, So that's what I did, I did that, it's like a seven week course. And um, then I decided at the end of that that yeah, I did believe it and I oh, awesome. got saved. So that was um, my journey mm-hmm. sort of before yep. and up into being saved. Yep. And at that point, I thought, right, I'm healed because my depression left me. Yep. Um, and I thought, wow, that's it. You know, no more depression. Thank God. I'm, I'm healed now. Now I have Jesus. Yep. It's, um, it's not something I have to worry about anymore until mm. <laughs> um, further down the line, um, I had another miscarriage. And this time it was different because I wasn't 16, you know, mm. just in some little relationship with an older guy. Because yep. at was, this point you're married, you have exactly, other kids. Exactly, yeah. And I just couldn't get it. I'm like, okay, God, like, I could understand in some ways the first one because mm-hmm. of my situation. But this time, like, I'm married. I've already had a child. Um, I, don't, I think two children. Yeah, I'd yep. already had two children by this point. And... Um, you know financially we were stable like Mm. everything was perfect to be able to have another child and I just could not understand why Mm. it happened and um so I had a really bad January like Mm. I was explaining to you earlier so this happened the first week of Jan the this year um, not this year but you know the year it happened um in the January we found out that the baby had died when we Mm. went for the first scan yep then the second week of January, I had to go in for surgery to have the baby taken away because mm. it hadn't naturally happened. Yep. Then the third week of January, I went back to work too soon and collapsed at work mm. and was really poorly. And then the fourth week of January, my dad had a heart attack. 
so it was all of these things like at the beginning when it was just the baby I was like okay god I don't understand this you know I'm angry and I'm unhappy about this but I trust you I know there's a plan and a purpose for me um but then bit by bit as Mm. the as more and more stuff started to happen it just knocked me down like the enemy just did not give up with throwing stuff yep and um and then it did it just kind of knocked me over and Mm. I found myself again in like a real um well it was a mental health crisis I was really really depressed Mm. um very suicidal um and I actually think you know looking at it um at that time through spiritual eyes of now knowing Jesus Mm -hmm. I could see a completely different perspective of the fact that although I was having these feelings that I was depressed and I just wanted everything to go away I just wanted it to stop Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to live I knew Mm. I didn't want to die yep however these thoughts that were entering my head were telling me that I needed to die and Mm. so it would be things like um I'd be peeling potatoes and then I'd have thoughts in my head saying just slash your wrists with the with the knife just or just stab yourself in the stomach Mm. and so I'd put the knife down and then I'd go um in the bathroom to get away and just kind of try to have some thinking space and then we've got like a pulley cord in our bathroom Mm. um, with the blind and then I'd hear like um not an audible voice but just like my own thoughts saying you know just wrap that around your neck just hang yourself Mm. with that and so then I'd be like right I need to relax I need to go and have a bath and I'd be laying in the bath and then I'd have another like thought saying just weigh yourself under the water and it was just relentless there was Mm. just these thoughts dropping in um to the point where one day um, I felt like I, I was at, so at risk of taking an overdose that I literally pulled out the whole of my medical cupboard and just put all of the pills and everything just down the toilet yep. to just get it away just get so it, it wasn't even eliminate there. the risk yeah exactly yep. and it was at that point even though I was kind of in it I recognised that was not from me mm. um, and so I think that was very demonic it was yes. very um, you know the enemy trying to plant thoughts in my mind and mm-hmm. I feel like it was at that point that I realised the importance of the take every thought captive oh, in the yes. scripture yep. which is really hard to do when so you're I'm... in that because feelings are so tangible they're so yep. powerful yep. Um, and I think there is this thing about having this head knowledge mm. of what scripture says um, compared to actually how you're heart feels and how your body feels and how yeah. your mind feels at, at the time when you're actually in a depressive episode yep. um, but I did actually um, at that point you know it was quite serious and I had to have um, what we call at home the home treatment team mm-hmm. which is a mental health team that comes to your house and they come in like every day for two weeks and it's like an interim stage to avoid you from mm. having to go into hospital yep. yeah so thank God for them yeah. because literally I was. You know, I don't know that we have that over here. That doesn't sound familiar really? to me. Oh, they, they were they literally were a godsend. Mm. Like because otherwise, at the point I was at, I would have had to leave my children, leave my husband, be separated from them to yep. go into the hospital, which I think probably would have made me worse. Mm. Um, but these people came to my house and they said to me, you know, when I, w- I was scared to tell them that I was having suicidal mm. thoughts because I thought they'd just take my children away from me. Yeah. But when I eventually opened up to them and was honest and told them, they said, you know, that's okay. A lot of people get these thoughts. It's mm. okay to have the thoughts. You know, we just worry when it's, you're getting to the point where you want to start making plans and start doing yeah. stuff. So, you know, don't just for having the thoughts, you can't help what pops into your head. Nobody's yeah. going to be whisking your kids away from yep. you. So that was really reassuring yeah. um, to know that. Um, and also, I think with um, I struggled with the being a Christian at that point and f- almost feeling some shame. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I shouldn't be 
so down and depressed mm. as a Christian. Like, the joy yep. of the Lord is my strength and um, you know, I've got Jesus, so it's good news, I should be happy. Yep. Um, and you know all of these things and you speak them out and you declare them mm. when you're feeling good, when you're feeling yep. great, but actually in the moment when you need them, it's really, really hard to speak mm. out all that stuff. Yes. But then I think that's where it comes in, um, it's just knowing that in your head, it's just um, preparing that for your weapons in your battle. Mm. And a big thing for me was um, people standing in the gap for me. Oh, yeah. So people interceding for me, praying over mm. me. Because there were days, a lot of days, where I couldn't even pick up my Bible. Mm. I couldn't even form words to, to, to pray. Yeah. Um, you know, that I was holding on to that scripture where it says about even our groans and our you yep. know, mutterings that he... When you can't ho- get words out. Yeah, yeah, just intercedes for us. For us. Yeah, and... Um, thank god for that (laughs) because that was on some days all I could muster all I could Mm. manage and I know that the prayers of other people really carried me through a lot of that stuff and um so yeah that was a a big episode after I I lost the baby Mm. um and even you know for after that I got well I got, got off of my antidepressant medication and there was like four years that went by where I was really well really fine and then it was last year um, I felt myself starting mm. to dip again yep. um, and actually I acted quite quickly last year so instead of allowing the shame to creep in and allowing myself to spiral with talking myself out of you know yep. I just need to pray and press in and God will heal me I don't need to go to the doctors and get medication I just need to have more faith and yep. press in more um, I actually you know yes I believe that God can heal me yes oh, yeah. of course you know you seek God first but um, I do think that there, you know, God does heal through medicine as mm. well, and um, there is a time where it's sensible yeah. to be able to go and, and do that. So yep. I did, um, you know, early intervention with going back to the the GP, and um, was put on a low dose um, of medication. Um, yeah, and I've, I'm kind of I'm proud of myself mm. for having made that decision. Yep because it was hard because mm. it had been four years of me being well because yeah. you kind of almost feel defeated mm-hmm. and, oh, not again I can't do this again yep um, and why now you know everything's going good why is this mm. creeping in and because it, it was at the point with last year it's like I just got my new job yeah. I was just going into ministry yep and it should have been like a really I prayed for this you know mm. it's always since I became a Christian when people would say to me you know, oh, if you could do any job, what would you do? And I'd be like, I just want to work for the Lord. I just oh, want to yeah. be in ministry. Yep. Um, so God brought this to me. And yep. I couldn't understand, like, why would you lead me into this job for me mm. to then suddenly be under this this cloud? Yeah. Um, but again, it's all, you know, trusting. He knows the plans that he has for us. And the trials yep. grow us and we get stronger yeah. in that. But also um, you have to figure, um, I totally, it's something that, like, I don't know how you feel about it, but... I've recently, within the past like couple of years, become so much more aware of spiritual warfare. Mm. So here's the thing: God pushed you to that, gave you the job. You don't. Say, the last thing Satan wants is for you to Absolutely. be in that will. So, yeah. like, I can think back to times in my life where I was struggling with different things too, and I was like, "How could God let me do this?" And then I'm like, "Oh wait, we have an enemy." Like, so yeah. sometimes I think it's not always Absolutely. God like letting you go through it. It's more like there's um, if you think back to the time of Job. Yeah. You know, Satan chose, like, give me that guy, because this is the one who's devoted for you. He sold out for you. So God let him do it because he knew he would stay strong yeah. to his faith. So, yeah. you know, so kind of 
sometimes realize that it's a big encouragement when you're going through a a rough time yeah and you're totally right it is literally you know the more you step out for Mm. jesus the bigger that target the matter satan gets on on your head from the enemy and i think that is something that you really do need to keep in the forefront of your mind that every day when you're stepping out Mm. for jesus and it doesn't just have to be you know working in ministry yep. actually it can be encouraging a friend or... yeah in the supermarket like yep. in the grocery store if you're kind of you know un- silently under your breath just praying for somebody or you're offering an encouraging word to somebody yep. you know the enemy doesn't want you doing that nope. so you know you do become a target yep and then no you're, you're absolutely right it's yeah. you know massively spiritual warfare. but it, i feel like it freaks a lot of people out when you say that like i don't remember who it was um i was talking to somebody and i said something about like oh, well, the enemy will do that. And they just gave me this look like, <laughs> you know, you guys, you can't see me on the microphone right now, but they're giving me the, what you talking about, Willis? You know, that face, that, <laughs> the one like, what the heck? So yeah, especially it those that, people that don't out. know Jesus as well. Well, even people who do know Jesus, because I, yeah. I think it was a Christian that I was talking to really? and they were very like, I don't know, it's almost like they acknowledge God and they serve him, but they don't want to acknowledge that there's an, someone trying yeah. to attack, you know? They were yeah. like, oh, what are you scary, talking about? So you know? let's not go there sort yes. of thing. Yeah, no, and I and don't get me wrong, I definitely don't think we should like spend a lot of our time no, focusing of on the demonic, because yep. that's not healthy. But I think we need to have a spiritual mm. awareness that that is going yep. on. You know, there is an unseen battle that we are you know part of yeah. and um, we need to put our armour on every day. We mm. need to kind of clothe ourselves. Yep. Um, in order to to walk through that, otherwise yeah. we are going to get knocked. And I think that's another thing as well. I like I've learned through each episode that I've been through. You know, I always try and look back and see what were the triggers. What? Mm. Why did it? I get to that point. Oh, that's and good. I think that um, this last episode that I had last year, a lot of it was busyness. That's what the mm. enemy used. And um, there was I heard somebody say once. Yep. I can't remember who it was. It was a preacher said it's easy to cheat on God with the things that God gave you Ooh. and it is so true I never so, heard that before but yeah, that's good that's like mic drop <laughs> yeah <laughs> no right so um it's so true because I was you know working for the church mm. and I was being a mom and obviously you know what we're like running kids to clubs and doing yeah. school run and then working and being trying to be a good wife to my husband yep. all of this I'm doing like for the glory of God mm. and actually I got so busy that it would be you know I'd get up late and I'd skip my devotional yep. um, but it'd be okay because I'm going to work and I'm working for the Lord so because I work so at church like, come yeah, on because like, I work at church so yep. it's okay and you know I'm sharing the gospel and I'm mm. praying for people and actually that's not what God cares about. He mm. cares about that intimate relationship yep. in the quiet place of just me and him. And yep. that's what needs to come first. And mm. when it's only out of an overflow of that, that I can do everything else. Yeah. So when you're giving out, if you're not first full, then mm. you're running on empty. Yep. Um, so that is definitely something that I'm kind of really learning to be more disciplined with. Yeah. It's like, you know, my devotional time has yep. to come first. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise everything else just falls apart and yep. and it's amazing how you think I've got X, Y, Z to do and actually if I squeeze in my devotional then none of this stuff is going to get done mm. but I often find when I don't do my devotional loads of stuff will get in the way and X, Y, yeah. Z won't get done anyway True. but when I do my devotional even when I think I haven't got the time my mm. day runs really smooth yeah. <laughs> I just manage to fit everything in because yep. it just sets you up on the right path mm. so um 
yeah that is definitely a big thing to to not get too busy yeah um even with the things that you think that you're doing for Mm. the lord yep the relationship and the intimacy needs to come first yeah absolutely Um, otherwise yeah for me anyway that's a big trigger that's a good point though and i actually want to go back to something else you said you talked about um you noticed you did like more earlier intervention like not during the first episode when you had the people Mm -hmm. in your house but this more recent one yeah you started to notice the signs quicker and you kind of, you know, you took the step to go see the doctor and stuff like, you yeah. know, make it to where it didn't get to how bad it was before, which mm-hmm. I think is awesome because I actually have two family members who committed suicide. Yeah. And they were both depressed before. They struggled mm-hmm. with it. You know, they had really rough lives. They they had been abused and things like that that played mm-hmm. into it. Um, and so hearing you say that, you said you were like, you were proud of yourself that you took the step. And yeah. I'm so proud of you too because... I think what would have been different for my relatives if they, you know, because they probably were feeling the shame and hearing the negative voices and all the, you know, the, just the feelings that come with depression and suicide and, you know, they're not here, but you're here to tell the story and they're not. So I'm very proud to say, like, I'm so proud of you for that. And for anyone who's listening, (laughs) definitely heed that advice. That is such good advice because I feel like your family or your coworkers or whoever would be much more supportive of you. They might not agree because some people are very against you know medicines like oh it's bad for you but would they rather have you on medicine in here or dead you know absolutely and I think as I mean in church particularly Mm. um not you're not not specifically saying my church but the wider church I think it can be something that's frowned upon and you know Mm. we should just press in for healing supernatural healing and stuff um but I do think there needs to be more support of people that are choosing um to go down the path of medication yep and um because I think wasn't it here I think I'm sure I heard a story about a pastor that um, took his life. Oh um, yeah, and it was, I'm sure it was in this country. That yeah, I, I that was that. um that was just a few months ago. Even that yeah. wasn't long ago. And I think that actually sometimes people um in the front lines of mm. ministry are quite vulnerable to that stuff yep. because, like you say, they're susceptible to the attacks of the enemy. Mm. But then also because everybody comes to you yeah uh, for the advice, who do you go to? Who do you if go you're to? The pastor. Yeah. Everybody comes to you. So who do you go to? And um, I think that is a real, real challenge. And I think, you know, pray for your pastors. Pray for oh, your yes. leaders. Um, because it is something that's really difficult. Um, one, who do you go to? And mm. two, to kind of admit sometimes. Yeah. that Because um, you do feel like, having been through it, you do feel like it's a weakness, that yeah. you're weak in some way to be having this illness. Yep. Um, but the way I always view it now is, if I was diabetic and I could feel that my blood sugar level was getting low, I'd take my insulin. I wouldn't no, question, would question it. it. I yep. would just do it. So if I suffer from depression and I feel that I'm getting the symptoms of being mm. depressed, then why wouldn't I take my yeah. medication for that? Yep. And um, and you know, I've not like I said, I was medication free for four years before yep. I went on it again recently. So I do believe for healing, and mm. I do believe that. Yep. Um, you know, I'm feeling really good right now. Um, I'm I'm not going to rush to come off my medication too quickly, mm. but I do feel like that's where I'm heading. I'm heading to a point where yep. I can gradually, with the doctor's help, start to reduce the medication, yep. and I'll be well. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, who knows how? Hopefully, it'll be a long time that I'll yeah. be well and won't need the medication for. Yep. Um, and yeah, I believe that God has the power to heal me completely of depression, yep. and so I won't ever have to suffer mm. from that again. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that if anybody's listening that is debating. Um, medication because of the shame then mm. just you know you need to do what's right to keep you well because yep. we've Kevin and I have lost friends um to suicide as well mm. and the devastation that it leaves behind oh, is just awful it's it's something that 
you never really can understand until you've been through it, you know? Because mm. um, my struggle with that was that my my one family member and I kind of had a somewhat of like a falling out. Mm. And so we had just started to like put the pieces back together and kind of mend our relationship when that happened. Yeah. So I felt this immense guilt of like, maybe if I had been there for her, or maybe yeah. if I hadn't, you know, if the stuff that happened didn't happen, like it's my fault that we weren't close, mm. and you know? So, and then watching her, like, her parents struggle through this, and her siblings, and, like, my grandparents, and my mm-hmm. mom, it's just, like, it's cool the, the effect, it's just a ripple effect of all sure. the, you know, it's, to me, and I don't want to offend anyone, but it, it's such a selfish thing, you know? Yeah, I think, you, know, you don't. I think so many people have that, that view, like, it's, how could yep. you, that's so selfish, yep. but I think having been in that moment, yep. having been in that place... I think when you make that decision, I, th- I don't think you're acting. Well, mm. I can only speak from my. Of course, and I haven't been I, in that position, so yeah. I can't. So when I wrote out notes and was, mm. you know, planning to take my life, it wasn't from a point of um, wanting to be selfish, but actually, I felt like I was a burden. Mm. I actually felt like I was releasing other people from yeah. having to put up with, you know, the sad old depressed mm. me all the time, and actually, yeah. I was releasing them of that burden. Yep. And also, I think you get to a point where the pain feels so intense and yep. so bad that you just want to switch off. You just want to do mm. anything to just make it stop. Yeah. Um, so it's really hard. I mean, you know, I sit here now well. Yep. And I can totally look and think it's a really selfish thing to do. How mm. could you actually physically go through it? But then in the, in the moment, it's different. Yeah, but yeah. when you're in the moment, you're not well. Like, your mm. head just is not thinking straight. You yeah. don't feel your thoughts aren't rational yep. and like I say a lot of it's demonic a lot of it mm. if if you are spiritually aware you would recognise that that isn't coming from you but when you're not like yep. I was when I was 16 yeah. you actually think that that's what you want to do and that's your thoughts telling mm. you to do that and yeah. so it's really hard not to act upon that stuff yeah. Um, so yeah it's it's hard all around I think it's hard for the person in it but then yep. the devastation that yeah. it's left behind okay you know the person's gone and they're not suffering anymore mm. but everybody else is yep um and i don't know what you guys have here at home we have like um, a samaritan's helpline where okay. people if they're feeling suicidal they can oh, call yeah. that and in confidence and speak to somebody about yep. how they're feeling so i don't know if you guys yeah. have we do have um there's like a 1-800 hotline i think it's called like suicide prevention and we have programs like that too but yeah. here's my thing is I don't know how many people actually who are in that position use it. Yeah. You know, just because it's in place, that's sure. great. But I wonder, like you said, when you're in that moment, yeah. you're not in the right mind to be like, yeah. let me just talk to somebody. You're like, you just yeah. act on I it, couldn't you know? even form the words, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's the only thing is like, we do have it, but I don't know yeah. how how successful it is. Yeah. is I only. used to say to, well, um, you know, when I was um, really depressed and Kevin was trying to be a support for me, yep. he was like, I just want you to talk to me. I just want to understand mm. how you're feeling. And I used to say to him, I can't even form the words to mm. communicate like I don't even know how I'm feeling yeah. so how am I going to find the words to then be able to, to relate to you. Yep. to you like it's just so hard yeah. and so confusing yeah and no I that part I can relate to because um after losing Kylie yeah there were days when I literally didn't want to get out of bed and I was having problems sleeping and so I started like um taking Tylenol PMs and then I started to get I noticed I was starting to get addicted to them to where yeah. I could not sleep unless I took it and that's that was kind of a wake-up call for me because I was like, is this kind of person, like, do I want to be the type of person who relies on medication and then mm-hmm. what's my next step? Like, yeah. right now it's Tylenol PM, which isn't that bad, but what could it be, like, you know, like, what would be the next step from yeah. that? And that started, that really, like, kind of shook me. And so 
But I do. There were days where I felt hopeless and I felt mm. just utterly like like you said, like yeah. I isolated everyone. People would want to come visit and I'd be like, Nope. And Curtis would come mm. home, I wouldn't even talk to him. It's definitely a very so I, I do relate to aspects. It's funny of it. though, isn't it? How in um some of your darkest times without realising you can be an inspiration to other people mm. because I've told you before, yeah. through losing Kylie yep. and seeing um, yes, obviously, yes, you were grieving. Yeah. It was hard. You know, you had your really bad days, but you still held on to your faith, mm. and that had a massive impact on me because at that time I wasn't yet saved. Oh, yeah. And so seeing you and Curtis, yep. and seeing how much faith you mm. still had, even though yep. your daughter passed away, mm. made me think, wow, you know, this God that that they believe in, he must be real. Like, if they've got this much... Like, what else are they clinging to? Even after, like, they've been through all of this, even after they've prayed for her to be healed and she hasn't been, but Mm. yet they're still praising him, they're still loving God, like, wow. And so that was a big part in Mm. me kind of starting to question a lot of stuff, actually. Yeah. Um, With, like, you know, who is this God? Who Mm -hmm. is this strength that that they're drawing from? Yeah. Because I want some of that. (laughs) For sure, and... um, I think I might have mentioned this in one of my other podcasts that I did, but I'll say it again. Um, I started, like, I used to be, when I first got saved, I wouldn't write in my Bible. Like, I wouldn't even make a mark, because I'm like, this is holy. I cannot mess yes. this up. But then I started seeing, like, Mo, um, well, those of you, if you don't know Mo, she's my husband's aunt, but she's also, like, a spiritual mentor, and she's mm-hmm. um, ordained, and she has her ministry that she runs and everything. So she's been really, in faith, she's been an inspiration to me. Yeah. Um, and I would see her, like, marking in her Bible, and I was like, are you allowed to do that? And she's like... <laughs> Like, you're going to have the, it's your, you can do whatever you want yeah. with it. So then I started, like, um, highlighting different scriptures or um, underlining different stuff. And then I heard this somewhere. I don't even remember where I heard it. But I started to write the date beside whatever oh, okay. I highlighted. And it's funny because even now I have the same Bible that when Kylie passed away, I had, I bought that Bible, like, a few months before she passed away. I got, it was my Mother's Day present to myself. Um, mm. And she got diagnosed in June. So it was, like, a month right after. Yeah. Um. And I look back, and during that time of when she was sick and when she passed away, I was in my word as deep as can be. You know, yeah. I was like, 2011, this, this, this. Even now, like today, I was doing my devotion, and a lot of the scriptures were from that time. Wow. Like one of them was like, she passed away December 1st. This one I highlighted like November 21st. It was like not even a week or yeah, so. It was like right so before close. there. You know, and so like you said, that's what got me through it. Yeah. You know? So I, I believe that even part of the impetus to start this podcast is that you can go through hard things mm. and, you know, you you have seasons where it's almost unbearable and, like, it's very difficult, yeah. but you make it out and then you turn back and you help other people, you know? Yes, and so that's Amen. the whole point of this. And even being a Christian is what we're supposed to do is yeah. we're supposed to help others find Jesus, you know? Yeah, so absolutely. thank you for sharing that with me and with the audience. <laughs> That's okay. I think we can't always, um, especially as Christians, if we mm. appear to have it together yep. all of the time, then that's kind of hard for non-Christians to feel like mm. they have to aspire to be like that. Yeah. Whereas actually when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and yep. we share our failings, we share our struggles, yep. then non-Christians can look at us and think well I'm just like them yeah I can know Jesus too Mm. um and it just it's more relatable isn't it yeah rather than because I used to think you know to be a Christian you had to be some perfect person that had it all together yeah you know be really religious when actually Mm -hmm. we're all just winging it (laughs) 
Yes. You know? <laughs> we all need Jesus. We yep. all need Jesus. Even yep. when you're saved every day, you know, we just need to call upon his strength every oh, yeah. day. Yep. We're never at a point where we've fully made it. Nope. Um, so, yeah, I'm all for being vulnerable and yes. encouraging other people. Yep. Um, and so just going back to kind of what your, your whole story with um, your dark moments and you're seeking out help and you're leaning on people, um, to somebody who is could be listening right now that is maybe kind of in the depths of it like they're mm-hmm. in that not good spot yeah. what encouragement if that you know the things you already said but is there yeah. anything else you kind of want to add to um add to the bucket as just as an encouragement I just want to say um no matter how you're feeling no mm. matter how low no matter how lonely no matter how isolated God hasn't moved an inch away from you nope like he is as close to you mm. on your worst day yep. as what he is on your best day. Yep. Um, and just because you can't tangibly feel that he's mm. there, it doesn't mean he isn't there. Yep. So just kind of, yeah, to rest in that knowledge. Um, the second thing would be to get people around you to mm. pray for you. Get yep. people to intercede. When, when you can't even pick up your Bible, when you can't even find the words to form a prayer, yep. get other people praying over mm. you and praying for you um, to see you through. Um, another thing that at the beginning I couldn't really do but then I was able as the days were getting a little bit brighter is declarations Mm. so even when you don't feel it in the physical and you can't see it in the physical actually use what it says in the bible to speak out what Mm. the word says and speak out in the spiritual Um, and the darkness does start to flee. You do start yeah. to see changes. You do yep. start to draw strength. Even, you know, I'd be declaring out stuff that I didn't even believe at that time. I didn't mm. feel at that time. Yeah. Um, but then the more you say it, the more yep. God works through that. And actually, yeah. you're making a statement to the enemy and yep. to the demonic. Um, you know, I'm a child of God. You, know, mm. you can't touch me. Get away from me, Satan. Yep. And, um, yeah, so declarations. Get people around you. Yep. Um, and just know that God is right there, mm. right there. Yep. Um, and don't be ashamed to reach out, and don't yes. be ashamed to if you need to take medication, then you know take medication. Yep. Um, yeah. That's, that's, and that's, that's all the advice. That's great. I, share, I love all um, that. So I did write a blog. Yep. When I was in. It's it's not a regularly updated blog. It's just one one post. <laughs> it's literally a blog. It was, it was kind of me me ranting um, when I was in um, a depressive episode. Yep. And um, it was kind of me um, being very honest. Yep. And getting to the point where I was like, "Hey, devil, I'm not going to take this crap anymore." Mm. Um. And so I wrote a blog. And so yeah. if anybody did want to read it, it's only one post, but it's yeah. um, Warrior Princess for Christ dot wordpress.com okay um and it's called from the battlefield keeping it real oh okay um, so it's just one post and i actually i don't think i've read it so i need to yeah read it too. check it out it's, it's very honest yeah um no and that's good yeah it was just where i was at at the time mm. and praise god you know i'm through that and yep. i'm feeling so much better yeah um but yeah, I just feel like that, um, even looking back on that actually is encouraging for me because mm. I was reading back on it earlier. Yep. That um, I, I remember how I felt. So to be able to declare out some of the declarations mm. that I was putting in there. Yep. Um, I think I'm going to have to like definitely go back if yeah. I go <laughs> my mood dips again and just draw my strength from that. So yeah, yep. if it, it can be an encouragement to anybody. Oh yeah. Go, and now I'm like, I can't out. wait to read it. So um, <laughs> yeah, and I just, I want to thank you for you know, because this is, it's not, 
I always say that it takes a certain level of bravery to step out and do, you know, be mm. on this podcast, which is a very public platform. So sure. I just want to thank you for being so vulnerable for and being me. so honest. Of course. And I'm sad that you do have to go back to the UK. We can't so hang out all the time. But <laughs> <laughs> I want to stay. I know. Well, but that'll be a whole other podcast about the... No, oh, the how long the visa's yes. taking. <laughs> Seven years. I'm waiting. Oh, I know. That's not, that can't be fun. So, well, thank you. Exactly. And then we can do this all the time. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Encourageous Podcast. I hope today's story left you feeling encouraged and inspired. Come back every other Thursday for a new episode and be sure to subscribe. Your support makes a world of a difference, especially for a new and bi-weekly podcast like this one. If you want to connect with me on social, you can find me on both Instagram and Facebook at The Encourageous Podcast. Until next time, stay encourageous. Courageous.